The offseason has officially started for everybody, and so, of course, we're asking the question, who are the Halos going to sign? These are questions that you're asking as well. Chris Bassett? Tyler Anderson? David Robertson? How about another great pitcher from Japan? John and I have all of the answers right here. You're locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Every show is free and available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can help the show out by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can help the show out by giving us a like, a comment, a subscription. And you can click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Happy Monday to you. And we're so grateful you decided to join us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john mike we've got ourselves a monday mailbag our favorite day of the week because we get to answer the listeners questions they've sent in through voicemail and over instagram and twitter but before we get to that i got a shout out dj bmo brandon moshenko at it's dj bmo he dj'd uh, one of my good friends from high school's wedding on Saturday and was an incredible, incredible DJ. And he recognized us from, or recognized me from Locked On Angels, came up and said hello, said he's a big fan. So Brandon, shout out to you. Yeah. And if you're looking for a wedding DJ who can knock it out of the park, uh, DJ Bimo again, at it's DJ Bimo B-M-O, Brandon Mashenko, he will gladly DJ your wedding, and he did a killer job. Heck yeah, that's great, and it's so much fun to like meet people in the wild, right, in our real lives. <laughs> yes. So if you are out there, I, I had a great story where I met a, a good buddy of ours, uh, Chris, who listens to the show. I met mm-hmm. him in line at Disneyland at the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he and his wife were on the YouTube side and trying to figure out if that was actually me in the video standing in line. <laughs> <laughs> and so Chris tapped me on the shoulder and said, I hate to bother you, but are you Mike from Locked on Angels? And I went, of course I am. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I am. That was so much fun to, to see friends of the show out in the wild. So I'm glad that you got to meet the DJ this weekend and congratulations to our buddy Shane getting married. That's right. That? Oh, Shane. Never, <laughs> never thought it would happen, but it, it happened. <laughs> hey, Mike, our first comment from our mailbag is from Jack Molesky. 25 on Instagram yep. said free agent season. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it said. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Now that I, I love the excitement behind that. And he had three exclamation points behind that, yes. which I'm excited about it too. Johnny, do you think that this is going to be a significant free agent season or is it going to be same old, same old? Uh, if, if last year is any indication, I thought last year we made some good moves. We didn't make the big splashy moves. I thought Cindergard was a splashy move. Perry did his best to fix the bullpen and got some really strong arms. Unfortunately, they didn't deliver their half of the equation, which is to perform on the field when it comes time to. And I bring it up all the time. You would have not had any question in your mind that bringing on Aaron Loop would have been a great choice given that he had an under one ERA in New York City with the Mets. Unfortunately, that's just not how it worked out. So you, you spend a lot of money in areas of need. Obviously, we need areas of need in our offense. We need to meet those areas of need and spend money there. And we're going to need some more pitching, Mike. We're going to need some starters. So we have a great voicemail to get to with some suggestions 
on how the Angels might approach the offseason. Here we go. Hey, Lost Town Angels. I am Ben from Simi Valley, and I had a few thoughts on what the Angels should do this offseason. First, uh, I got these numbers from SpotTrack, and I think they should go sign Chris Bassett for $20 million, Tyler Anderson for $13 million, and for depth on the infield, get Brandon Drury for $6 million. And then to sure up the bullpen, I'd say get David Robertson for $8 million, and maybe bring back Archie Bradley for $2 million. This in total would put us at $200 million on the payroll. And I know I didn't address outfield, but I think we're just going to have to rock with Joe Adele out there and trust in our young guys. I just want to say I love listening to the podcast, and thank you. Bye. Ben from Simi Valley, thank you so much for giving us your voicemail and making your suggestions and doing the homework, man. I heard you say... You went to Spot Track to get those market Atta values, boy. and Mike, there's there's a couple names you listed there. Of course, you mentioned Tyler Anderson, somebody that I was really high on when I did my GM episode. Chris Bassett, David Robertson, a reliever, and then possibly Brandon Drury, who also I I love as well. But he mentioned Chris Bassett. What yeah. do you have on Chris Bassett? Well, we know that he has declined his mutual option with the Mets for 19 million, so mm-hmm. it's likely that he's going to want a multi year deal. That's why he declined because getting Mm -hmm. about $20 million at the age of 34 is really great. Mm -hmm. But I think he wants, you know, he wants to have multi-years. He wants some consistency. I want to stay somewhere, right? And as he gets older. Now, SpotTrack did say that he is on the market for about $21 million a year. Mm -hmm. I, I just, that feels high for Chris Bassett. I like the move. I think Ben's a great GM and he should call Perry and give his ideas, but (laughs) I I like the move. I just don't know if that's the move, right? If I'm going to give $20 million or $21 million for multiple years to somebody, Chris Bassett just hasn't been the same Chris Bassett he was when he was with the A's. And so I wonder Mm. if we're getting an aging pitcher that isn't actually going to perform for us. However, I do think that getting a Chris Bassett would be better than bringing back a Michael Lorenzen, even though Mm, I really like Michael Lorenzen. And so I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not, not a fan of this move. It just, he feels a little bit older and you're probably going to have to give him at least maybe three years. Mm -hmm. So you get him in year 34, 35, 36, or maybe 35, 36, 37. And, Mm -hmm. you know, injuries can come up and that's not what we need. We need a pitcher that can come in and actually solve that hole in the rotation. John, he mentioned David Robertson, who I've been a fan of since he's yes. come up, especially when yeah. he was with the Yankees. And of course, he's with right now the, the, the Phillies, right? He's got a second go around with the Phillies. Talk a little bit about David. Yeah, he got a, get this, he got a $3.5 million contract with the Cubs this season before it started. And then he got traded to Philly at the deadline. This is his second go around with Philly. So they only, really wanted to have him back. Only three and a half million? Only three and a half million, Mike. Wow. And he certainly uh he certainly proved that he's worth more than that. In fact, oh, they've yeah. got him they've got him at about eight million, maybe nine million on spot track, if I remember correctly. And his stuff got better this season with the yeah. Phillies. He's got a slider, a cutter, and a curveball. The curve gets a forty four point four percent whiff percentage. Hmm. Uh as and it was fifty seven point one in 2021 so it's his it's his put away pitch it's yeah. the one he uses the most to put people away but listen to this he's the top three percent of the league in expected batting average so that tells you that his stuff is really good the movement the spin rate all of that is very very good now 
Here's where it gets tricky. He's got a 13.3% walk rate, mm. which is from the bottom 1% yep. of the league. And he had 35 walks in 63 and two-thirds innings pitched Ooh. in 2022. So he does walk batters. However, he has some great stuff when it comes to his pitching arsenal. And if if the Angels can get him maybe about $8 million, I don't think that that's a bad move. I think that's a great move. Well, and he's also got playoff experience. I mean, the guy yeah. was in some of those big moments in the playoffs. And as as I watched the Phillies, the, the best part about watching the Phillies is that you, I had no buy-in, so I had no anxiety. So I was doing great <laughs> yes. as I was watching the game. But I, yes. I could see David Robertson being that type of pitcher that is going to come through for you in big, big moments. And he did for the Phillies. He struggled mm-hmm. a bit in those moments, but he always got the final out when necessary. I, I thought it was interesting. Interesting that Ben also said in his voicemail that he would bring Archie Bradley back. And mm-hmm. and I think that Archie's kind of a mystery to us, right? Because we weren't really able to see him be who he could be this last season. I liked him. I thought yeah. he did great. And, you know, he didn't get injured because of the game. He got right. injured because he couldn't climb the fence to get out for the fight. <laughs> and that's not what we were is... paying him for. We were paying him to right. come in and pitch, <laughs> not to leap over fences during a, during a fight. <laughs> so I, I like him as a middle of the bullpen kind of guy, middle of the game guy I think that if they could bring him back on a on a deal that's cheap for us because I know that we need to spread our funds around and I think that he would be part of that plan now Mike Ben from Simi Valley mentioned trusting Adele in the outfield and I think that the Angels that brings up a good point because I think the Angels are going to have to compromise in one area if they want to spend money this offseason they're going to have to trust at least one area of need with some of the guys they already have, whether that's left field, whether that's shortstop, uh, pitching in terms of bringing up some youngsters from double A to come and pitch. I think it's too soon Mm. to maybe do that in some regard. I, I would like to have at least one more starter you can count on. But all that to say, if the Angels spend money there's going to be one area of need that they're going to compromise on, and it might look like running with Joe Adele in left field and Mickey Moniak in left field. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I like those two guys. I just I think that they're they're not going to be guys that we can count on. If I'm gonna hmm. if I'm gonna run with somebody, I'm running with Levon Soto at shortstop. Because okay. I think Levon showed me something in the last season. I know it was a small sample size, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. Bold prediction. I think he's going to be our shortstop, and I think he's going to be top five rookie of the year voting next year because of the way that he he played in, in this last few months of the season. Mm-hmm. And listen, I was right about Reed Detmers. I talked about Reed Detmers before he <laughs> came up, so I'm going, to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And if I'm going to choose between Moniak and Adele in left field or Soto at short, I'm going to choose Soto at short, and I'm I'm going to go get a left fielder. So yeah, you, you'd get that left fielder to shore up that that position and then roll with Soto. Maybe even Fletcher is in there sometimes. Obviously, you, you would have four options. I don't think Renhifa would play a lot of short. I think that he'd play more second base, but you could roll with some sort of combination of Soto, Velasquez, Fletcher, and Renhifo up the middle. Those are all great defenders. It's just a matter of the bats. And I think Louie's got the best bat so far that's proven out of them. I think Soto's bat is something to be excited about. Okay, so your area of quote-unquote compromise is shortstop. You're willing to give our young guys a try there so that you can shore up left field, probably starting pitching, that sort of thing. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) 
Coming up on Locked on Angels, is a badly run organization a good reason to stop rooting for the players or the team? That's a question you brought, and John and I will bring some answers. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. They're your number one source for all your football betting info and, of course, the NBA season as well. You can find all the latest player developments, the team matchups, any news. You can listen to podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, all the sports, all the time. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. And for your second listen, you have to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. As we continue Mailbag Monday, we have another great voicemail. It's about pitching because as much as we loved our starting rotation last year, we don't want to just settle for those guys again. We want them to be good, right? We're anticipating the offense being a whole lot better than they were in this last season. So let's get some pitchers, and this voicemail actually has some suggestions. So, John, hit it. Hey, guys. I'm just curious about you guys' opinion of the Angels going after the Japanese pitcher that was just posted. I think his name's Cody or Kodai Senga. Apparently, he can throw 101 miles per hour. I think he would be a great uh, duo with Shohei Otani in the rotation, or maybe even as our closer or someone in the bullpen. Looking forward to hearing your guys' opinions. Thank you. Thanks for sending in your voicemail about Kodai Senga. And don't forget to include your name and where you're calling from so we can give you a shout-out yeah. on the podcast. We always love doing that. Mike, Kodai Senga just posted recently he in 2022 was with the SoftBank Hawks yep. and this season he went 11 and 6 a 1.94 ERA 9.8 Ks per 9 and a 1.056 whip he did hit 101 miles per hour this season threw it hard and it's a little tricky to get into the analytics a little bit more because baseball savant doesn't really have foreign leagues uh the measurements for those advanced metrics yeah so i stuck with some basic stats to kind of give us some comparisons okay but before i get into those comparisons uh sung min kim he's a former fan graphs writer and a writer for the athletic he had some things to say about Kodai Senga. Why don't you take us there with those? Kodai actually has a really strong fastball. He he can hit mid-90s. He has touched 100. And remember, the faster your, your fastball is, the, the mid-90s, the better your mm-hmm. off-speed stuff, more effective your off-speed stuff will be if it's about 10 mm-hmm. to 12 miles an hour slower. So a mm-hmm. mid-90s fastball is great. He's got high efficiency in the four-seam spin. He can be effective in locating it. That's key, John. Mm-hmm. That means he's not going to walk a lot of batters. Now, here's here's where the difference is in his off-speed stuff. He's got a splitter, which is in the mid-80s, so it's about 10 mm-hmm. mile an hour slower than his fastball. And they call this 
miss his swing and miss secondary pitch. He's got I a like nice that. tumbling action. I sound like Mark Gubaza, don't I? He's got a nice tumbling <laughs> action, and it's an above average pitch. And and what they're saying is that he can fool hitters with this pitch. He's got a cutter in the high 80s with sharp mm-hmm. movement. This is his second best secondary pitch. And then he's got a slider in the mid 80s, and it's got mostly vertical movement uh, due to the nature of how he throws his his arm motion and it, it, it makes it difficult to add any sort of sweep so it's going to have vertical mm-hmm. movement so think side to side instead of up and down and then he's got a curveball mm-hmm. which by the way this is his fifth pitch so that's the great thing about these pitchers that come from Japan <laughs> right. they're like Shohei and other pitchers they come and they have multiple pitches and then we're going to mention you Darvish here in a minute but Shohei and you are the types of pitchers that can see a pitch and go, I'm going to throw that next week, and yes. then actually oh, throw it effectively, yes. right? Yes. So that's that's what this guy has said about Sanga, that he's actually a really strong pitcher, and that he throws enough strikes to start. So he is somebody mm. that can hit the strike zone, and his strength would be changing the eye level of the batter from the fastball to the off-speed stuff. And he's got three major league quality pitches. That's according, mm. again, to this writer who was formerly of uh, The Athletic and Fangraphs. And the, the, he, his point was that whoever signs Sanga, that they could be sold as a mid of the rotation type of guy. So he's not a Shohei. Mm-hmm. He's not a, he's mm-hmm. not a number one, but he's probably a three. He's probably a four. And so really it's just going to be about what happens. It's hard to translate from Japan to the majors because you're just not sure how it's going to translate over. Sometimes they're incredible and other times they're about middle of the road. One pitcher that was really great was you Darvish, Johnny. He had a great career in, in Japan. And then when he came over, he's actually gotten better as he's had more time in the major leagues. Yeah, you made a good point about things translating from one league to the next. And so what I did was I pulled some stats on the pitchers last year in Japan yeah. and their first year in MLB. So I pulled you Darvish's stats and with the Nippon Ham Fighters in 2011, he went 18 and 6. He was good. Had a 1.4 far <laughs> ERA, uh, 10.7 Ks per nine, and get this, a, a, a 0.828 whip. Wow. So that's an incredible walks and hits per innings pitch. Wow. Darvish's first year in Texas with the Rangers, he went 16 and 9. He had a 3.90 ERA. Uh the case per 9 was still very good, 10.4, and then his whip was 1.28. Zero. So you could see naturally the ERA is going to go up. Yeah. You might have the whip go up. More guys are getting on base. And that's just a matter of major league hitting being really good. Learning batters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Masahiro Tanaka with the Golden Eagles in 2013 before he came over. He went 24 and 0. Wow. He had a 1.27 ERA, uh, 7.8 Ks per nine, and a 0.943 whip. And with the Yankees in his first year, he went 13 and 5, a 2.77 ERA, a 9.3 Ks per nine. So that actually went up yeah. from Japan. Yeah. And a 1.056 win. That's a really so that good year. That was his last year in Japan yeah. and his first year with the Yankees. Yeah. Finally, Mike, we got Kenta Maeda with the Hiroshima Carp in 2015. I love that name. <laughs> uh, 15 and 8. 2.09 ERA, 7.6 Ks per nine, and a 1.013 whip. And his first year with the Dodgers in 2016, he went 16 and 11, a 3.48 ERA, 9.2 Ks per nine. Again, that went up. Yeah. 
and a 1.139 whip. Uh, in 2016 yeah. with the Dodgers. So there's a few things we can observe there. Maybe an ERA jump of about 1.5 to 2.5 from where they were. So they might end with something in the threes. And so for Kodai Senga to become an angel and have an ERA in th- the threes, maybe like 3.5 at the highest, that's fine in this rotation if he's a two or a three. And right. Mike, he was an ace yeah. in Japan. Yeah. And so... He's he's been around the block. He knows how to pitch a game. And so I think that his skills would translate very well to MLB. Now, here's what I think we need to pay attention to. You Darvish went to the Texas Rangers in 2012. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were good. Kenta Maeda mm-hmm. went to the Dodgers in 2016. They were good. Masahiro Tanaka went to the Yankees in 2014. They were good. And so I think mm-hmm. that that's the other thing that we ha- that has to play into this. These numbers that translate from where they were to the major leagues, a part of the reason why they were good is because these teams were really good as well. Mm. And so I think that that's something that we have to consider as we look at these numbers. I- I- I'm with you. I think that Sanka, if he if he comes and his ERA jumps one and a half to two and a half. Like that would that would slide in perfectly in our rotation, plays. right? Yeah, it it, it so plays. <laughs> I think it'd be great. I'd be thinking it'd be great to get him. I wonder what the what the cost would be to actually grab him because once you get him, depending on what kind of contract you sign, he will get the ma- the major league minimum, right? He'll go into arbitration, or you can actually sign him and he can get money on the back end. But it'll be interesting to see who grabs him. I would be up for the Angels heavily considering that, and I wonder if they would have a an upper hand on that because Shohei Otani is already on our ball club. That's possible. Yeah, I would have loved to see the Angels go after Seiya Suzuki, and they did not do that, but uh, it would have been great to see them go after him. So, yeah, possibly the connection here would be great for for Shohei. I mean, you know, the teams that are listed here, Texas, uh, the Yankees, Dodgers, I'm sure the Mariners will be in the mix yep. as well. Like, the, I, I already saw that the Cubs are in the mix for him. So, yeah, I'll be, yeah, in be interested mix. to see. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see yeah. which teams are interested in how much he's going to sign for. That's going to be something to watch out for this offseason. Johnny, as we continue with Mailbag Monday, let's jump to Instagram. And our friend Anthony asked this question. Just finished watching Friday's episode. And to answer your question about what I want the Angels to do to connect more with the city is to have more events at the stadium and make an appearance to like a fan night where you can Mm. have the fans come and stick around and play some games with the kids, have a meet and greet with the players and there's there's so many, he said, he's been to so many games and it feels impossible to actually get to meet the players or even have the players mm. notice him. And he said, maybe I'm just not noticeable, but I'm sure I'm sure you are, Anthony. <laughs> but it, that that's actually a really great idea because I know that when I brought my brother and sister-in-law and their kids to a game last summer, mm-hmm. we wanted to see if we could get some autographs. So we got there early, right? And yeah. so I gave them all the tips. I'm like, here's what you do. You get there around five o'clock, gate open, you go down, you get batting practice, all of that stuff. Man, it was it was a madhouse because mm. we were playing the Red Sox mm-hmm. and 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 then trying to get the Angels autograph. They actually didn't take batting practice that day. So I'm I'm with Anthony. Like it does feel like there's there's a giant wall sometimes between us and the players. And I think that that's actually a very small correctable adjustment, John. Sure. Where 
you could have a, a meet and greet. Maybe it's a, a, an extra ticket that you buy or there's a percentage on that, right? Like mm-hmm. obviously the angels want to incentivize that, but I do think that something like that would be a great start for new ownership to come in to really connect with the fans. What do you think about Anthony's suggestion? I love those ideas. And I feel like if it's not a free for all and it's more uh, reined in by what the angel, like it's supervised by the angels, right? Like, yeah. like you yeah. said, it's a ticket that you buy that gives you access, you know, before a game or after a game, probably before just because, you know, after a game, they're busy getting out of there and getting home. But yeah, it it, it can be hard. And, and really, unless you're ha- unless you have seats along the third baseline behind the dugout, and even then it can be tough to interact with them. Right. And I yeah. feel like sometimes you can get lucky if you're over by the bullpen, but that's the bullpen guys. Right. And then you see the starter warming up. I know when Shohei's warming up in the bullpen, that area is just swamped and they've had to regulate Hey, ticket holders only can be here during before the game while Shohei's warming up just because it gets so crowded over there. So yeah, if it was a team sanctioned function where players could be accessible, I think that would be a really great thing for new ownership to bring on. Maddie Nonsense on Instagram, a great listener. He's been our hey, hey. number one fan since the Super Halo Bros podcast. He said, uh, great episode on Friday, gents. It's depressing, but it's great. Shines a light on what's really <laughs> yeah. happening. It does get hard to root for an organization ran like this. So I'm hoping new ownership will steer the ship in a better direction. And my question pertains to fandom in general. Is a badly run organization a good reason to stop rooting for the players or the team. Man, in my opinion, even though that we've had our issues with some of the things that have happened behind the scenes with the Angels, I still love the Angels. I still love the players. I still love everybody on this team. And I have, you know, most of my whole life. And I don't think there's anything that could turn me away from being an Angel fan unless uh, Trout gets traded or something, but I still think I would sure. love the Angels. Sure. I just would be a Trout fan on whatever team that he's going to. But all that to say, no, I, 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 despite the issues with the ownership, look, the players can't control that. The team can't control that. And it's, it's out of their hands. I look to some of my friends who are Oakland A's fans. They're going through it right now. Yeah. And they love their team, even when they're as bad as they were this season and they lose all of their Matt Chapman's and Olsen's and Manias and Bassett's like, and Frankie Montas. It's just, it's frustrating to, to do that. And that's all ownership. That's all them. And, and Jeff Fisher, John Fisher up in Oakland making these decisions that are making it hard on the fans. And you see the results of that by the attendance in Oakland. And so for me, I think you stick by the players, you stick by the team and when they think when things eventually turn around, I mean, all of us are going to be there smiling and grinning ear to ear because we stuck through it with our halos through nonsense with the ownership, through bad land deals, through trials and court dates and things like that. So when they finally come out the other side and win the big one, we'll be proud that we were still there. I think that that's what I believe. Yeah, I can't turn it off. I don't know how to turn it off, right? Like I don't even <laughs> remember great. I don't even remember when I when I turned it on, right? I don't know why yeah, I picked just, the Angels. It was just there. <laughs> it was just there. And I remember like it was the Angels over the Dodgers. I just couldn't watch the Dodgers. Love Vin Scully. Loved watching them on Channel 5 locally, KTLA, yep. right? Like but it was the Angels that I fell in love with. And I don't know what it was, but I can't turn it off and as much as they can frustrate me or as badly as they've been in the last few seasons, it I'm I'm back. Like we're on yeah. this podcast, right? 
right? Like totally. <laughs> because totally. because we're fans of of the Angels. Now, Maddie also brought another question. He said, "How long do we hold the cheating label over the Astros?" Well, Maddie, <laughs> the answer is really simple, and it's a quote from the Sandlot. The answer is forever. <laughs> Listen, I I am grateful that Trey Mancin- Mancini got a World Series ring. I'm really excited that Dusty Baker finally got a World Series yeah. ring. But the Astros won under questionable circumstances in 2017. Mm-hmm. Winning again in 2022 is great for their organization. But they won under questionable circumstances in 2017. And mm-hmm. and that doesn't just go away. I guess the question I would ask is how long are we going to hold Pete Rose accountable for betting against and for his team? Well, apparently yeah. it's not something that has ever gone away. And people are kind of like, why why is it not allowing him in the Hall of Fame yet? Because right. the guys paid a price. The Astros haven't really paid a price except getting booed. And now the players are kind of being moved around. We're, we would be excited if Carlos Correa was our starting <laughs> shortstop, right? Like, right. I just think that there's going to be a asterisk that follows them. There's going to be boos that follow them because no matter what they've done, and if they won this legitimately, that then that's great. But they've also created the narrative of us asking the question, was it legitimate? Is this yeah. really what happened? Right? Like, because they cheated and then there was no repercussions for it. And yeah, was that, you know, five, six years ago? Sure. But it, it's still, you got a World Series ring. You have a trophy. You have memories. You have all of that. And and then we come to find out that you did that and mm-hmm. took a win away from the Yanks and took a win away from the Dodgers, who probably mm-hmm. could have had two World Series instead of you having two World Series. So I don't think that it just goes away. I think that it's always going to be a narrative for anybody outside of Houston. In Houston, they're saying that we you know, we should let it go and not talk about it anymore. But the problem is, is we didn't create it. They created it, and we're going to remember it no matter what they no matter what they say. Yeah, they they did it to themselves, yep. and they illegitimize everything good that happens for the next 20, 30 years. Sure. I mean, I'm not kidding, and I'm not going to, you know, get mad at players anymore and boo Altuve and and whatnot. I mean, look, it's it's him and, and Guriel, the only ones that are really left from that team. But yeah. last season, we got to boo them for the first time because the news came out in 2020, and then we didn't get to go to games in 2020. So 2021 yeah. was the year that we got to rain booze upon them and shower them in disses and and unkind words. And, yeah. and I, I think a lot of fans got that out of their system and deserved to. I think that they deserve to get to boo those guys in person. And that was fun for a while. Now right. it's kind of like, all right, I'm over it. Like if I'm going to beef with somebody on Twitter, like if it's an Astros Angels series. I'm not going to do the trash can thing. I'm not going to do the cheating thing. It's just a matter of, hey, Shohei dominated you in 2022. So do something about (laughs) that, right? I'd rather rather take that angle with the cheating Astros. And again, I mean, it's great that they they won. They got a legitimate win so far. (laughs) (laughs) That we know of. I mean, (laughs) the, the Framber Valdez thing kind of makes me question what's going on there. But who knows, man? Yeah. It just and and the problem is is that they they punished the organization and not the players. But they still won another World Series and they right. were still good the last six years. Like nothing changed. So the punishment didn't really do anything. I mean, I know they lost some picks and they had to get rid of their GM and their manager and all that stuff. But 
here they are again winning so the punishment didn't really fit the crime like from a fan's perspective nothing really happened they're right. still good they right. still went to the world series they still got one quick fun fact about uh, uh dusty baker his first game as a manager uh the opponent on the other team was Geronimo pena and then yes. he got to manage his son jeremy pena who played yes. shortstop and won the mvp so that's that tells Crazy. you how long he's been around. It's so great. Last last question, Johnny, from Instagram. Uh, I pray that you guys are playing the Powerball so that you can buy the team from, and I don't think this was a, uh, a spelling error, from Farty is what it says. Is what it says. <laughs> now, Johnny, the Powerball, the Powerball is $1.9 billion with a B, which would be really yes. nice to win. Yes. The Angels are going to sell for $3 billion and yes. and... 1.9 billion is not what you'll get if you do the direct payout. You probably right. get about 600 million, right? Which is still a lot, but there's yeah. taxes and all of that stuff. But if you got the payments over time, maybe, maybe. I mean, I like this idea. Can you imagine the angels owned by you and by me? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make some changes around here. Oh, that would be. Problems, uh, I'd people. be George Costanza walking around telling about a hit. <laughs> They probably wouldn't be fun to root for, that's for sure. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, BTC525 on Instagram, sorry to let you down. Yeah, the Powerball is not going to be enough to buy this team outright. Yeah. However, you know, maybe if we do a payment plan with uh, with Ari. <laughs> <laughs> we do it on the Never Never. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They share some of the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They're on the Odyssey app, also on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're so glad you decided to join us for Lockdown Angels today, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow. If you want to follow the show, you can get at us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and, of course, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Well, you know, we need a new owner, so it's going to be Owner's Week. So we're going to ask some really important questions this week. And the first question that we are going to ask and we're going to discuss on tomorrow's show is, why was Gene Autry such a great owner of the Angels. So we're going to talk that through tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that conversation and we hope you'll join us for that one. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Angels and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.